0: Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential Podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential Podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we're talking to some of my favorite people, who are they? They are authors, why? Because I believe that not only those of us who decide to write and publish books have something to say, But we also have a common theme, and that is making it through something very stressful. And that's the process of writing. But it also tells me a lot about their businesses and how they use their published work to help them build and and sustain their businesses. So this is going to be really fun today. Laura Templeton is the founder and chief instigator, I love that title, at 30 Second Success. Mm, Now what does that mean? It's a company that helps coaches, consultants, and service providers make better connections. You know we talk about that a lot. And obtain more business, which we all want, and get this 30 seconds or less. You might've gotten that from her title though. As a global speaker, author of 30 Second Success, ditch the pitch and start connecting. And also as a brand communications consultant, Laura educates in-person and virtual audiences on value-based communications. Oh my gosh, what? We're gonna bring the value to the heart of this? Yes, and if we do, it takes your creativity to the next level, helps you to step into and own as well as share your brilliance with confidence. And we all need a little boost of that now and then. Now she's an enthusiast for the written word. And she's currently working on the next book in her 30 Second Success series. And just to have fun in her spare time, she enjoys exploring her new home state of Florida, spending time with family, friends, and Knox, her co-working dog, unlike Penelope, uh, who is somewhere and wandering around. And of course, you know, yoga dog that joins me. And she also, get this, teaches archery to anyone interested in learning, which is actually really fun, but I can't wait to hear stories about that. Joining us today, Laura, thank you for being with us.
2: Well, thank you so much for having
1: me. It's a lot of fun to be here today with you. It is, and it's also fun to have you here because you are also a part of your Shock Your Potential bookstore. In fact, you are have been currently or just most recently the author of the month with us, which is fantastic, and I can't wait to learn more about you. I hit the highlights of your bio, but tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how what you do helps people to shock their potential.
2: Thank you so much for that invitation. I really appreciate it. Yes. 30-second um, success. I launched this business about seven years ago. In the opportunity really came out of networking. It was a, an opportunity that I saw within my networking community to help people figure out that 30-second message when I watched way too many people, these amazing women I had come to know and love struggle, you know, like getting up. How how often have you seen someone stand up and all of a sudden they're just saying words that have nothing to do with their business or they just keep going on and on and on and on. And I watched it way too many times, started coaching people because I had learned in my past, you know, that all the past lives that we have, right, you know, all the different experiences that we bring, you know, to our current uh, work that we do, that um, there was a simple formula that I could use and figure it out very early on how to use that for myself and then teach it to other people. And word got out that I was teaching people how to do the 30-second message. Then I started getting requests to do, you know, to speak to other groups, Luckily for me, I really geek out on being on stage. I, I just absolutely eat up the energy of the audience being on stage. And yes, introverted personality here. So I, I somehow, some way I went from being, you know, nervous Nelly, getting on stage to absolutely loving it and teaching people how to change their their mindset around that 30 second connection piece, right. That, you know, having to stand in front of an audience and getting over feeling nervous. And the, and the biggest thing that I found and the reason why people love to work with me is that I help once, once you have that message that really speaks to your heart, really resonates with who you are, a lot of the fear goes away right and Absolutely. you you start to practice it and step into it and it's it's like it's almost like if someone else believes it in you you start to believe it in yourself mm-hmm. so there's a lot of, of work that goes into the deep understanding of what it is that you're meant to do and who you're meant to connect with and then how do you figure out how to put that into 30 seconds or less so right but it's you know helping people just figure out how they can live into what they're designed to do and really understand it is, is where that value comes in.
1: Well, and so many things about what you said just really resonated with me. And at first, one of the first thoughts I had is that I've always hated the description of the elevator pitch because number one um, you know, what are you going to do? Just, you know, corner somebody in the elevator to pitch to them. And then that second word is that pitch because it's so one-sided to say, "Here's my story," but I want you to listen to it because I want you to do business with me. And I've always felt more along the lines of when you talk about value-based, you know, really taking the time to say, "What message do I really want to get out there?" But more importantly, who am I meant to connect with? Those are those those can work together, but the, I really feel like the the elevator pitch takes that whole who you can who you should connect with out of it because you're just throwing things at people instead of trying to find the right scenario where you're bringing the right things to each other am i on the right am, am i crazy with that or is that a little bit of where you try and go with people
2: not crazy at all and that's exactly where i take people down that you know the path of really understanding who your idol client is right understanding mm-hmm. what it is that keeps them awake at night what's their pain how do they how do they kind of you know, address the issues that are keeping them from attaining the things that they want. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and then positioning yourself well to be the solution to that problem. And it's once you see yourself, and I love talking about having a heart of service, Mm -hmm. because when we start positioning ourselves well as taking care of other people, right, we start serving other people. It's not about what we get out of the relationship. It's what we give into the relationship. And when we start having those deeper conversations of what can I, what value am I bringing? How am I pouring into you? What is it that I'm, I'm giving away without any expectation of anything in return? Yes, we all need, we obviously need an income because you know at the end of the day we still have to pay payroll, we still have to pay for all the things that we do. Exactly. But when we take the, when we take our fo- focus away from the dollar value and start putting it into the people value and what we're pouring into other people. Mm-hmm. The, the return on investment increases tenfold. Yeah. Right. Because people see us for who we are. And you start to bring your heart to the conversation. You start to pour into other people because you believe your belief elevates, right? right. The belief in what you're doing and how you're serving and who you're serving, your belief in other people elevates. And, you know, that that's when things start to change in your business, in your conversations, in your connections and how you make people feel. And then people can't help but talk about you.
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Because you've met
1: them where they really are and they want to share that, too, when they've had a positive uh, return on their emotional energy and their business needs as well.
2: Right. 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 And when you pour into other people without expectation, it's so funny that things just come, can't come back to you so much easier. And people I've had, it's so funny. I I've, I've was sharing with a friend of mine earlier today, we were talking about, you know, the communications piece and having those sales conversations. I said, well, why, why are you talk, thinking about it as a sales conversation? Why not just right. think about it as a conversation? Right. And uh, so when you're having a conversation, you'll come to a realization where, the other person in the room goes, oh my gosh, I need your help. How do I work with you? And it surprises you. Yeah. Because you weren't entering the conversation with that particular particular idea in mind. Yes, that is a conversation that you're hoping to have and you're hoping to have that invitation to, but that's not your intention when you mm-hmm. pick up the phone and, and engage in that conversation. It's really about understanding who they are, where they're at, how you can help, what you can mm-hmm. offer them whether there's an exchange of money or not. And that's right. when they usually want to go deeper with you.
1: You know, it's interesting. I was just uh, talking with, about this issue with somebody the other day, because I have a very similar strategy that I work with sales training for organizations. And it's about asking more questions. You know, it's about not trying to sell them, but just actually see whether or not it's a good fit. But when I got there and I, I didn't use the same words that you did about, you know, um, what we can pour into others without expectations. I didn't use those exact words. I can't remember what I said. But one of the things that I realized really quickly to the person I was talking to is that she took that as then, well, if it's not a right fit, then you just let it be completely. And I said, you know, when you have good conversations with people and they share their pain. And you know that you can solve their pain point and they've identified that they'd like you, but they have not signed on the dotted line for whatever way that is, then you still owe it to them to continue to communicate, not to say, hey, have you, you know, have you made a decision about that, you know, proposal I sent you, but hey, just touching base, how are you doing today? You know, what else is, you know, what's, what's the pain point today, you know, connecting with them on LinkedIn, where you like, or comment on one of their posts, something that you keep engagement because then they know you're there. And then when they can get through to the point where they say, yes, then, then you've got it all in motion. But what I found is when you keep that connection, that's when somebody will say to me, I loved your proposal. I really want to work with you. I really want to do this, but I hit a roadblock in my company. And I say, great, let's talk about it. How can we help? How can I help you get past that roadblock? If you know you need me and you want to work with me, let's talk honestly about it because then we're still trying to figure out how we can find positive solutions.
2: Right, and sometimes you're not always the solution. Right. Yeah. You have to be willing sure. to accept that because I think we're all, we're all meant to work with the people that we were meant to work with, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an opportunity for you to listen when you're asking the right questions, when for you to yeah. listen, is like, is this the right, per- is this person the right fit for me? Am I mm-hmm. the right fit for them? More importantly, is there, if I'm not, is there someone in my, my Rolodex, in my community, oh, yeah. in my network that is a good fit for them? And how do I, I connect them? Yeah.
1: Amen to that.
2: And, and, you know, a lot of times opportunities come around after the fact right? They, now oh, might yeah. not be the best time for you to work with someone. Maybe they need to work with someone else first, mm-hmm. and, it's but so they true. will appreciate you for doing that. Yeah. And, and, remember and we you. don't,
1: and we don't know Yeah, I mean, to, exactly to your point. And we don't know unless we're communicating and, and not with the outcome as the only, the outcome that you think you want is the only positive solution. You know, sometimes just those relationships are so powerful and bring you other great connections, other great stories, other great referrals, might buy your book. I mean, it's, there's so many different ways to measure success. And I know we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to talk even more about 30 Second Success in terms of your book. I can't wait to dive a little deeper into it. So we're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host Eddie Luisi, known as stage manager to the stars and also stage manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Laura Templeton and we we're talking about 30 second success and that underlying theme is that word of success and you know how we define it and what that means. But I want to know a little bit more about your book, but I also want to know a little bit about why you wrote this book. You know, what called you to say okay, it's time to take what I do and put it in a format where the masses can uh, read it and, and benefit from it. So tell us a little bit about your author journey.
2: So my author journey is one is very interesting because I, for a long time, I kept hearing myself say, oh, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book. And I finally, uh, one of my friends who is an accountability partner for me too, she goes, okay, are you tired of hearing yourself? Because I am tired of hearing you say I'm writing my book. And I really do believe that there's always the right time for you to, to finally sit down and write it. And I did. And the, the purpose of my book was really to help get the message out there regarding how to craft your 30, your 30-second 30 message in a very simple way. Sharing the formula. I had learned it years ago from someone else. Made it work for me. It's nothing new. It's technically marketing 101. But the component and the the real value in my book is not just how to write your message. It's how to create those connections, how to go deeper into relationships, how to build referral partners and, and how networking as part of your marketing strategy changes everything. Mm -hmm. Networking is one of the most beautiful relationship models I've ever seen in my life because people, when it's done right, pour into one another and really work to build a community that is supporting one another in growth, in decision-making, in education, in learning personal professional development. Um, And yes, I've been in some networking environments that are very referral based that kind of didn't, didn't go well. And I've learned from them. I've been in others that have been extremely effective in really Understanding my business in a way that they were then able to, you know, uh, refer me to other opportunities that made a difference in my life. I've made great friendships and watched other people just thrive in those networking communities. And it's been a beautiful experience. And that's what I wanted to be able to provide for entrepreneurs, business owners, consultants, coaches, service providers who are struggling to grow their businesses because they're. I don't want to say they're doing it the wrong way, but they haven't learned how to really make it work for them. They, They see the benefit, but it's just not working and they're not sure why. And that's what the book is really designed to do. Help people understand how to become a more effective networker, how to really get out of your own way and get into helping the other people in your network and how that will then transform your business.
1: I'm curious um, as to your thoughts on two questions as you were talking about this, because number one is we saw so much change with networking during the pandemic. So, so much more, uh, you know, lots of Zoom calls, lots of different environments that I think had a lot of positives, also a lot of negatives. The second thing that I'm gonna throw at you is, um, and I'm not painting this generation with one paintbrush at all, but I have noticed that uh, with the millennial generation, uh, that there is a, a a portion of them, and sometimes a big portion of them, that are not comfortable as comfortable with face to face interactions at, in terms of networking because they have been raised in this digital age of text and messages and and social media. And again, I'm not trying to paint them all with one paintbrush. I actually did a series a couple of years ago on millennials, and it was really great. Like, what should we know? What assumptions are we making that are wrong? What things should we be learning? But I do see it. Um, I see it in a lot. My son's a millennial, you know. I see it on all these these people, and I think that it there's a there's a a challenge to networking, um, even without that. So what are your thoughts of how the pandemic has either helped or hindered or both? And what advice would you have for people that may not have that same comfort level of you and I? We might be slightly older than the millennials. And, uh, you know, we actually had those face-to-face networking meetings that, you know, happened where you were in person and having coffee and walking around chamber of commerce meetings and that type of thing. What are your thoughts on those two
2: things? So it's really interesting. So uh, I'm going to answer both questions Um So what happened during the pandemic, really interesting enough for me, I launched my book right before the pandemic hit. So (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's the challenge right there. So talk about in-person networking a lot. Luckily for me, I actually put a small blurb in there in my book about how in-person networking is a lot like virtual or virtual networking is a lot like in-person networking in the fact that you still need to be intentional about the connections that you're making, right? So taking those those virtual meetings, inviting using the chat. Well, I've actually written a few blogs on how to, to become a better virtual networker. Um, you know, using the chat well, inviting people to one-on-one conversations. My experience with virtual networking, which was something that I pushed up against for years, has totally spun on its head because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. I love virtual networking. Number one, it has freed up my time. I can yeah. actually make more, do more appointments, make uh, attend more networking events online because i'm not spending time in the car i'm not spending as much time with the follow up because i can actually message people right in right in the chat and say okay let's here's my calendar can you schedule with me the benefit of virtual has really changed in the way that it also has given me access to a global community
1: absolutely i
2: network with people around the world i'm on calls with people all day long from denmark and sweden and paris and you know, I was on a call the other day with a woman from Australia and Kenya. And it has opened up my world to have access. And to be honest with you, I don't wanna go back to in-person networking. I'm, I'm currently um, actively working on, a, on creating a virtual chapter for Success Champions Networking, which is a local community, but it's, st- it's a local network, but it still happens within your local community. So you're bringing people together virtually, but it's still a local community, so you have an opportunity to meet one-on-one, face-to-face, and it's a different model. It's a different business model, and I love it because it actually brings that whole teaching component into networking, which I think is so important. So answering your question about millennials, um, number one, yes, I'm also a mother of two millennials. So, and what's really interesting, I've even had some conversations with my son about a lot of, he's, he's a mechanic, he's face-to-face with the, with, he's a diesel mechanic and he's face-to-face with the public quite frequently. So he's a great communicator in that respect. So he's, he's got good communication skills, which I, I give my husband and my dad a lot of credit for because, and you know, I'll take some of it too. (laughs) <laughs> We've always had, had him, you know, like, okay, get your face out of the computer, get your face out of the phone and meet people, have conversations with them. But he even talks about how hard it is sometimes to communicate mm-hmm. with people and to meet people outside of the social platforms, right? Yeah, outside of those social platforms and really getting to know people. And he said, you know, sometimes he goes, but mom, a lot of people in my generation are getting tired of that because yeah. they see how phony it is. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting, but he, he, so my advice to people of that generation is align yourself with someone who has more experience is willing to take you under their wing. There was a young woman that I took to a networking event on the behest of her, her mother. And, um, she's like, you know, she really is trying to build this business, but she doesn't know anybody in the area and, and we want to help her grow. And I introduced her to my network and, she's a thriving business now and it's amazing the the connection she was able to make. And, it, but it was funny because a lot of times we'd be sitting in meetings and she was on her phone. Oh yeah. And somebody finally said, wait, are you here or are you there? And she was like, "Huh." Right. And when he said, to her, are you here or are you there? She said, but, but I'm, but I'm answering a question for a client. And he said, no, you need to be here. And, and he right. was very gentle and very kind. And, and a lot of the folks in my network really kind of, took her under their wing, mentored her, because we are seeing the same thing. A lot of young people really have a hard time then connecting with the people that they need to help them grow their businesses. I think that they're coming around in that respect, because I think that again, being virtual and the virtual networking has given them a different experience.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I can totally see that happen as you're telling that story. I was like, I mean, I've seen that myself where you're like, hey, hello, you know, you had to actually get in the car. Actually, hopefully none of my girlfriends from high school are listening. <laughs> but, um, but several years ago, we were planning uh, our 20th high school reunion. I won't tell you how many years ago, but I, it was the first time a lot of us had gotten together. So, you know, so we got together one night and then we started planning this reunion. And one night I got so mad at everybody because there's six of us or seven of us sitting around the table having a glass of wine and we're at a restaurant or at a bar and they're all on their phones. And I said, you guys, I got on an airplane to get here. I got on an airplane to come across the country to be here. Why are you guys all on your phone? And they're like, oh, I had to check on the kids. I had to check on the babysitter. I had to check on the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? I mean, is all that gonna fall apart in the next hour? Because I got on an airplane and I think I must have said that like 10 times and they're like, oh, and I said, because if this is all we were going to do, we could have just had a chat function going on, but I came here. You all came here. Let's just be here. And so from that point in time, so they all like put their phones away, but what cracked me up is that they gave me grief for years over this. (laughs) Oh, Michael's here. We can't have our phones out. (laughs) I'm like, Christ.
0: Shut up. <laughs> Bye, police are here.
1: <laughs> I know. So I'm going back for another reunion uh here shortly. So I'm sure that'll be the key case again as I'll be going, hey, I got on an airplane. Come here. <laughs> but but this, like, you
2: know, the truth of the matter is really is when you're present and you are engaged with someone, having that intention of really listening yeah. and asking them to go a little bit deeper with their question, you know, their answers to your questions. It, 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 there's so much value in that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I think that's why it's so important to take copious notes. One of, one of my favorite apps is Otter because sometimes when I'm sitting oh, yeah. with people, I have, I have some memory issues and of course I blame it on Lyme's disease, but technically I don't know what it is. Um, but we'll go there. It could be age, who knows, but um, so I, a lot of times we'll use honor to record a conversation, especially if we're going deep, especially if it's about work stuff. And, um, that helps me tremendously, but I, I do, I take copious notes when I'm sitting in front of, a, uh, you know, someone, whether it's, whether it's a prospect, whether it's just somebody new from my networks and what it, just so I know what I need to follow up with, what I made, what promises I made, what. Key things that they shared with me that are so important to them that I need to make sure that I am responding to or asking questions about. Never forget, there was one woman that I had met years ago, and she was—we hadn't seen in each other in a little while—and I ran into her, and I—I I literally I said to her, "Oh my gosh, the last time we met, your daughter was planning her wedding. How was it?" just kind of went down like that whole rabbit hole of the experience of a wedding and everything. And she just looked at me with like tears in her eyes. She goes, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you remembered that. That was yeah. so important. That was such a beautiful day. And she said, do not realize how, how precious that is that you rem- purpose to remember that? Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, because there were people that I saw even the week after my daughter's wedding who never asked me that question. I
1: just got done with my son's wedding. So I, I absolutely know what you mean. And it is. And it shows that you care. And interesting one thing that I learned because when I, after we get done taping this podcast, I will um, give the show a title based on my notes because I was laughing because I have to take notes like crazy as we're talking. And then I will write my comment that I will then use on LinkedIn and Instagram and wherever we post this. I will be able to comment with the comment that i have immediately you know following our talk because this is when it's fresh in my head and i'll say oh my god the talk with laura templeton was amazing because of xyz and then i that allows my uh enthusiasm for the guest and the experience to come through because by the time your episode airs my brain will probably be completely gone until i read my own notes again and go oh yeah that's right so it refreshes us as well as makes that person hopefully feel special that, you know, we've taken the time to recognize what was important in that meeting, those interactions. Love and it. sometimes
2: it has nothing to do with business, right? Sometimes, right, just, absolutely. you know, whatever's going on in their life, you have to recognize that. Yes. What's important to them and bringing that to the forefront is so, so um, incredibly, it's such a good, an incredible gift to give to someone yeah. I'll tell you what, I interviewed
1: a woman on Friday. Her episode is airing tomorrow on June 29th. Her name is Helen Yu. Phenomenal uh, person. And we went a totally different direction for part of the interview that we were ended up both in tears, in happy tears. I mean, it was really touching. I got done, I was like, I can't do another thing. Like I am emotionally <laughs> spent. <laughs> this is a great way to end the week. It was so positive, but I absolutely agree. Now we're, we're pretty much out of time, but I wanna ask you one quick question. What has writing this book meant for you and your business? How has it helped you to strengthen and solidify your business, whether it's your speaking or your training or your consulting? How, what kind of difference has it made? Because there's a lot of people sitting out there going, um maybe I don't know if I really need a book," and I think it's a really powerful tool for your business. What's it meant for you?
2: I think a book really solidifies you, especially in the speaker world and, you know, in the coaching world, it solidifies you as an as a credible person, right? It it, it builds that credibility with your audience. It's like, hey, she knows what she's talking about. She's done the research. She's done the work. She's put in the time. That's it, the piece about the book that I enjoy the most, you know, people go, oh, you wrote a book. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have. And I'm like, wow, that's, it's surprising when people react that way um, because they see it as such a monumental feat. Now I love writing. I've been, you know, I've written for years, just pieces and parts. And I feel like that's all the parts finally came together. And it's like, oh, now there's a cohesive message there. I think the, the credibility is the biggest piece and it, and it br- lends such a value to what you're sharing. And it gives people an opportunity to really tap into your brilliance, right? They really want to want to get to know you. And that's another way for them to get to know you outside of having the deeper conversations. And you know what, frankly, sometimes people may not think that they're ready to work with you one-on-one. So this gives them an opportunity to do some of the work that you would normally do with a one-on-one client and they can do it on their own. So there's that path that they can choose to take depending on where they're at in their businesses.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And I really totally agree with uh, the the concept of what you said. It brings your message together. It really helps tighten what you're trying to accomplish and make it succinct so that it's workable for more people. I love it. Well Laura, we are going to have all of your contact information on our show notes including link to your book, but just in case somebody's like I got to find her right now, I'm not going to read the show notes. What's the best way for them to reach you?
2: Easiest way is either through social media. Everything is branded 30 seconds success 30 and then spell out the word second and success and you'll find me anywhere on social media that way and or go to my website 30secondsuccess.com.
1: I love it. And you've already given us a lot of wisdom. But do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and
2: viewers? I think the biggest thing that I'd love to share with people is trust yourself. Believe, you know, believe in your abilities to create change, the change that you want that you can affect in this world because you were born for greatness. You weren't meant to sit on the sidelines.
1: I love it. Very inspiring and I totally agree. Laura, thank you so much for being
2: with us today.
1: It has been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's been a joy to be here with you.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate and like us today.